Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to the IFL TV podcast in association with Lonsdale MTK Global, sponsored by William Hill. As a man, IFL TV proudly sponsored by Everlast. Delighted to have me with me today on Bank Holiday Monday, uh, Fabio Wardley. Fabio, how are we doing, mate? I'm good, I'm good. Everything's all alright. How are we, mate? You alright? I'm good, I'm good, mate. Thank you for asking. Uh, how's the weekend been? Nice little few days off. Sun was out? Yeah, a bit of sunshine, a bit of time with the family. Uh, a bit of playing around for Easter. A couple of Easter eggs for myself, treated myself, so it's not been too bad. It's not been too bad. That's good, good to hear, good to hear. Uh, Fab, just one, obviously, I haven't... I remember speaking to you, obviously, before your fight. Uh, I haven't really spoken mm. to you after fight. I know Coogan caught up with you on fight night, but... Having kind of two weeks to kind of reflect back on on the performance, um, we all said that Molina was gaining. He was in a come to fight. He's been in there with Joshua, with Deontay Wilder, uh, and and he did prove that he come to fight. Um, obviously, you must have watched the fight back. How did you kind of assess uh, your performance? Yeah, I watched it back um, a day or so later, um, and initially I was like, after it first happened, everything I wasn't like too happy with the performance. Um, and I'm still not over the moon with it, but I'm more, as more time's gone on, as more it's aged and I've watched things back and paid attention to a few different bits, I'm happier with it now than I was then. Um, like I say, probably still wasn't my best performance to date, but ultimately I got the job done, answered a few questions, ticked a few boxes, and we got what we need from it. And like I say, Molina is a high-level kind of operator. He's boxed at a high level for a long time, so it was never going to be an easy fight. Um but ultimately, the tests were passed and I come through and I'm on to the next one. So overall, I'm, I'm happy with it. A lot of people thought Molina just coming for the payday. He's, uh, he's past his best. He's, he's not here for a real fight. But were you surprised with his kind of come forward tactics and, and let his hands go? Mm, yeah, yeah, I was. Um, I would, I, he, he brought a lot more energy to it than I thought he may. Um, he, don't get me wrong, he did give me those kind of pre-warnings and... I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And I did take him, but I also thought, mm, probably not. Maybe after a round or two, 
it would fade out a bit. But he still kept coming, still kept going, which was good. It's like I say, it was a new challenge for me, something different to work with and and something different to overcome. As I watched the fight, the commentary, I think it was Matthew Mack and Adams, if we're talking about the fight, and you were fainting a lot uh, more. I think more than I usually see you faint. And obviously when you faint, it does consume energy as well. What were kind of the tactics? Because it seemed like the faint, you were throwing more faints than actually landing on him at the at Pacific times of the fight. Yeah, the thing with the fainting, what we were trying to do was was lead him in because as much as he was aggressive in, in little spits and spats, there was times where he would just relax back the whole time and he was waiting for that big right-hand counter. So I was trying to feed that through and trying to just offset it with feints. And I didn't, again, like I said, when it's not my best performance, I didn't mix it right um, in terms of the the feints versus actual punch output. I didn't, I was kind of fainting a lot more than I wanted to and needed to, but I was just trying to press and work for those gaps that it's difficult with, with someone like him at that point where there were certain points where he was leaning back quite a lot. Like I say, just had that right hand cocked and ready um, he was in a bit of a half shell as well. So just quite a, a very defensive posture for me to try and, I was trying to open up and I was just, again, the, you're trying to use the feints to get them gaps open, but it wasn't always the easiest thing to do. And it looks like he woke you up when you landed on that big right hand. You just were like, mm. let's go, let's fight right now. <laughs> yeah, that's the other side to it is that, like I say, when the when the tactics and stuff aren't necessarily working or I'm not being able to get them off, if if sometimes you've just got to go back to the kind of the roots with it and, and dig it out, then that's what I had to do. But it worked and we were we were happy with it. So yeah, I got um I got tagged pretty clean and, and came back firing. So normally when someone gets tagged, you know, the commentary is the first to react. And obviously they react because you've been tagged, but the reality is we don't know how much you were actually buzzed or hurt or did it even or did it even sting. Um not going off the commentary, but when you got hit, what was your immediate reaction? Did you feel it? Was it stung? Were, you, were your feet okay? Was your mind okay? Yeah, everything was all there. My feet were still under me fine and my head was still clear. I could still, everything was all good. And I can see, I just realised that I got tagged and what I wanted to do was was take a step out and reset because that was the whole point of me fainting was not to get hit by that right hand. So if anything, I was just annoyed at myself that I got clocked by something we'd practised and tried to stay away from. Um, and he took that step back as me almost being wobbled or me showing some form of weakness. And it was just me trying to reset and start the flow again. So then obviously he followed through with me and let off a few shots and things. So I, I, like I say, I was still all there. My feet were there. My head was there. So I'm still moving, shaking, ducking and diving. I slipped past a few shots. And then as I came up out of them rolls, I let some shots of my own go and they landed nicely. At the end of the fight, his team weren't happy with the stoppage. Uh, they believe that he was hit on the back of the head. But they initially, they eventually, sorry, accepted uh, defeat. Um, but I think a couple of days later, Molina put on his uh, story about, I think he put it on a slow motion about getting hit on the back of the head. Uh, do you think you've, you finished him off cleanly? I think you, I've seen the slow motions. And both of them, one was on the top of the head to his temple and one hit and flush kind of almost on his eye socket in the front of his face. So... Like, what are we doing here? Like, how much are you going to... Unless I turned you around and smashed you right on the back of the head, then maybe you have a fair point. But when we're in the mix like that, it's a firefight and we're digging out shots. The punches land where they land. And it wasn't nothing horrifically round the back of your head. It it may have caught you around the side or something like that, but it definitely weren't the back. Fab, you're kind of a novice in the amateur game. Um, very, very fresh and young in in the heavyweight scene, in the professional scene right now. Um, was that the right fight for you? At, at this time of, in your career? 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think it, it worked in a lot of ways that it threw a couple of different adversities against me, a different type of opponent, someone who I had to really kind of figure out and, and kind of find myself in that ring and, and go through a few things and answer a few questions and not everything went my own way. Some things went wrong. Some things weren't working. And I think at this stage of my career is great because I've pretty much had it all my own way up until this point. I've been able to, if one thing doesn't work, I've got a quick solution or if, if they're pressing me a bit differently, I can figure it out pretty quickly. So um, I've managed to get through all those kind of previous 10 tests relatively easily. Um, I've had quick answers to get through them. Whereas with Molina, it took a lot more filler, figuring out, a lot more kind of working out and, and kind of, like I say, going through some different adversities. So I think at this stage of my career, it was ideal because I don't want to go too far with having it all your own way and you get carried away and you kind of own hype train or you think you're untouchable, unbeatable, whatever else. So it's nice to just kind of have that that the little reality check of that. Like, I already knew I wasn't, but you're not the finished article. There's still a lot more to do and things, but it's just nice to have that come up and, and kind of you have to experience it and then know you can get through it as well. What was the reaction from your coach? Obviously, uh, I'm sure you've assessed the fight. Did he look at you and say, all right, we need to work on this, we need to work on this? What was the kind of the results from that feedback? My coach, um, my coach wasn't too happy with me because, like I say, we... We're, we're our own worst critics. Like we're like I said, I, it wasn't my best performance, but the the thing we worked on the most was evading that right hand that we know he sits back and, and gets it off. So the fact that I got caught with it, he wasn't he wasn't happy about because he was saying that we worked on that for weeks to get past it, and and I got caught with it. But it is what it is. It's, it's about learning. At the end of the day, I'm not I'm not like I'm not finished. I'm not the complete thing. I've I've still got so many more lessons to learn, and that was just one of them. And that's all. Do you have like a plan of, or is there a name out there that you say that's who I'm targeting next? That's the next level. I know you, we spoke months ago and it was Lucas Brown event initially. Obviously, issues there resulted in Molina coming in. But surely now that you, you, you went to that kind of Molina level, it's about going even higher now and not looking back. Mm, half and half. I don't, I don't necessarily, I'm not adverse to, I'm not trying to just run away with it now and, and do Molina and then maybe a top 15, then a top 10 and then try and throw myself in the hat for like a world title kind of thing. I'm not trying to rush that quickly. It just so happened that Molina was the right fight at the right time um, and it fit kind of convenience convenience levels and just slotted into place quite nicely. Now, if I have to come back around to British level or whatever, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that at all. I just, I'm here for good, challenging test fights that are going to, push me and I'm going to develop me as a fighter whether they be on the on the on the British scene whether they be a bit further afield European international whatever that's fine but I'm not just thinking oh I'm I'm gone now I'm off just because I beat Molina and I'm I'm over here and I'm I, I'm not looking behind me anymore that's not the case um I think it was just a good fight for the right time and then we we look for the next good fight wherever that may be I know you normally fight on, on Dylan's on the card but in terms of dates, time scales that you want to personally be out as well. You want to move as fast as possible. You want to be out as much as possible to gain those experience fights. Um, summer, maybe? Yeah, definitely. Um, June, probably, is something I want to do. Um, yeah, I, like, I haven't spoken to, I haven't spoken to Dear Lady and the team and stuff about a specific date, but if we're, if we're judging it based off camp time and recovery time and all the rest, um, sometime in June seems most likely of where we're going to go for next. I want to try and get out 
four times kind of minimum this year, really. Um, so if that's the case, then that should fit pretty well. Do that, then kind of one early, early, early winter, um, and then one right at the bang end of the year should should fit the time scale pretty well, and that's at least four. Um, and I'll be happy with that kind of that output. Um, but in terms of actual date, there's nothing set just yet. I know it was a great night for for Team Dylan White. I know obviously Chris Congo lost, um, but they'll obviously avenge that defeat against Alexander Povetkin. Uh, were you happy for him? Because we know what he's been through over the last couple of years. He literally sacrificed the last six months in camp. I think broke camp for a couple of weeks, but literally the team around him have been with him throughout mm. Christmas, throughout New Year's. And we just chuffed that he, he got the victory and now he can hopefully move on to bigger and better. Yeah, I was. I was buzzing. I was so buzzing. I've never been a mix of like, I was so nervous and so like buzzy at the same time. I just, it was just, it's a, a feeling I haven't had too many times in boxing when those kind of events have come because we all knew how much was on the line, what it meant to everyone, what it meant to deal, what it meant to the team, how much everyone's put in, just time and effort and just consistent kind of work at it. So, um, to see it all come through and everyone kind of get their just desserts for it or just rewards even, but it was just, it was a great thing and I was I was buzzing. Yeah, I really was. And it's also good to see that the heavyweight division thriving. We know we've got Anthony Joshua and Fury hopefully will be made. We've got Chisora Parker coming up soon. Dylan White back in the mix. Looks like Ruiz is fighting Ariola. Wilder's still lingering about and he'll, he'll eventually come back as well. Hergovic, Hunter <laughs> potentially being made. Mm. Joyce, uh, and Usyk as well. So the heavyweight division is is on fire at the moment. Thriving. Yeah, there's there's so much going on out there, and it's it's just great. It just brings so much attention to the sport because the heavyweight division is the one. It's the one that everyone looks to. It's the one that draws the most eyes. Always, it draws the most attention. Even from your purists to your, your casual boxing fans that just want to see two massive men go at it and see kind of who comes out on top. Whatever it may bring, it just brings a lot of attention to the sport, which which can only benefit everyone involved in the sport. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a great time to not just be in boxing, but especially heavyweight boxing. Okay. Fab, thank you so much for giving me a little bit of your time today. Um, much plan for the rest of the day or just kicking back and relaxing? Yeah, a little bit of relaxing. Uh, run up the gym, take off a few things, a little bit of errands and stuff to run, um, but mainly just enjoying a little bit of chill time. Probably my last week of kind of downtime, then we're back to the grind next week. Sweet, sweet, my man. Well, we look forward to some fight news uh, in the coming weeks, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure fight camp commences end of July, so you might even be in another bubble in, in mm. fight camp in Essex somewhere. Uh, and yeah, we'll wish you all the best and we'll, we'll catch up with you soon. Appreciate it, bro. Thank you, man. Catch you soon. Fabio Wardley, IFL TV. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the IFL TV podcast, sponsored by William Hill, in association with Lonsdale MTK Global. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.